Hey, peeps, please help us grow the family. Give us a comment and review on the Apple or Google Play Store. It's super quick and easy. Just scroll down, click the little stars, comment, and just help us grow the family. All right, let's get into this. So we're here with Robert Beatles, who's president of Monarch Wallet, and also an amazing crypto YouTuber. Um, so I thought maybe you'd just start with a little bit of background, how you got into crypto. I think it was through Max Kaiser, wasn't it? It was, indeed. So what happened and what made you want to stay and be a part of it? Yeah, I mean, I guess it was uh, 2011 when he was telling us about you know the financial collapse and how big institutions, the Federal Reserve, all these big guys were basically responsible for the big the big bubble, the big collapse, all that kind of stuff, right? And he said Bitcoin is you know basically here to save the day and to keep that from happening again. So after he'd said it enough times, and I'm like, okay, I got to look into this Bitcoin thing, right? So I did. I got bit by the bug, and I've been in it ever since. So you know, we have a software development company. So our, it was already you know kind of techy already, and so I. I understood what he was speaking about once I started looking into it and I realized how just incredible it was. So that was uh, 20, 2009 when we created our software development company, 2011 when we got introduced to Bitcoin. Around um, 2017 when everybody started getting into crypto, you know, they knew that uh, I'd been in it for a while and so they started asking me a bunch of the questions that they have and so we created a couple of videos for them at their request. And I just kind of blew up into uh, Crypto Beatles. It was just a, a cheeky name. It's just my last name. <laughs> right. And we just put crypto in front of it, you know, just for friends and family. And you know, now, I guess, depending on what chart you're looking at, we're like number five in the world for crypto education. And, and we got the uh, TV show on uh, Biz TV for, you know, for crypto called Crypto Beatles. And then we got, uh, what else do we do? We uh, the face of Trading View sessions on Trading View, awesome. and then um, yeah, we created a Monarch wallet for basically the world. So now you can buy, send, store, you know, sell, receive crypto. We have a built-in decentralized exchange. We've got um, what else do we have on there? All kinds of cool stuff. You can earn interest. Today we just launched uh, the first, to my knowledge, first decentralized reoccurring payment platform. It's a mouthful. We call it Monarch Pay. But right. now merchants can basically accept crypto without having to deal with volatility or credit card chargebacks and you know, without somebody else being in control of their funds and being able to turn them off. Now any merchant in the world can basically just start accepting crypto without fear of chargebacks and volatility using atomic swaps and, and smart contracts. So we just released that today with the fantastic. The Congratulations. Fun Thank you. Yeah, we've got a great team, a lot of hard work, you know, just Man, just a lot of hard work, man, and just trusting in God. But, you know, we, we got there, and uh, we launched it today with uh, with Lynn Albrecht. So, Amazing. you know, fun Ross. So you guys yeah, so how is it going to work? Why don't you explain to me? I know there's a free Ross campaign. Uh -huh. um, so how does the fund work? Basically, it's a reoccurring payment. It's, think of it as like a subscription or some kind of reoccurring payment. If you want to donate, you know, $5 a day, if you want to donate $5 a week, or $5 a month, or $5 a year, you just go to, um, I think it's uh, freeross.org, right on the donate page, and you can click if you want to spend, you know, $5 a month or whatever. It just comes out of your wallet. You can turn it on or turn it off, whatever you want. But this allows merchants and people to be able to start, you know, really getting into crypto and not having to deal with the volatility and the chargebacks. And it's safe, yeah. secure, and reliable. Well, it's a great cause. Um, we know Ross Albright was one who started the Silk Road and, you know, really made Bitcoin usable back in the early days. And he's in prison for, what, a couple of, you know, Two life, life sentences, sentences plus 40 years. Yeah, yeah it's unbelievable. 
Uh, you did a great podcast with um, Lynn Albright as well, and so I encourage everybody to take a listen to that. Um, I was going to ask you why start a wallet. So you got into crypto, you're really excited about the space. Why did you think a wallet was the way to go? Because after answering the same questions over and over again, they're like, you know, how do I store this, right? And there wasn't a lot of options. Right. And there really isn't that, that allows the user to be in control of their funds. So it started off as a wallet that holds, you know, 3,000 different tokens. So, I mean, you've got uh, all your Ethereum, you know, ERC-20s, you've got uh, NEO, you've got, of course, Bitcoin Cash, SLP, you know, Bitcoin, um, just so many different currencies we're adding all the time. It's hard to keep track of all of them, including Litecoin, all the big major ones. So now they have one place to put all that stuff, and it's safe and secure, and only they control it. And is it custodial? Do you hang on to the coins? No, we don't. No. It's non-custodial. We don't even have your email address. So it's completely right. decentralized. To hack us, you have to hack you know, the blockchain. So like for Ripple or Stellar or any of the things that we support, you know, like I said, we don't even have your email address. The only time we know who our customer is is if they're gonna use you know, our banking services, if they're gonna buy or sell crypto or earn interest. So, As an on or off ramp to exactly. fiat currency, basically. Yeah, exactly, but okay. using the DEX or just you know, storing your crypto or sending and receiving and all that kind of stuff, there's no KYC, we don't know who you are, any of that kind of stuff. Right, now what do you think of Facebook they're coming out with a sure. Calibra wallet. How does that compare to your wallet? Well, I mean, that's obviously it's going to be for a Libra coin, right? So if they start adding a bunch of other cryptocurrencies and things like that to it, it just helps more people get into crypto. But at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself, are you going to trust them with their money too? That's you saw what they did with your data, right? I mean, so we're decentralized. They're obviously not. They can say they are, but at the end of the day, there's going to be 100 other pals you know, that's all going to have access in some form to your information, your financial, yeah. as well as your social. So, I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's going to be up to people. I think it's great that Facebook's coming into the space, period, because it just brings more eyes on the crypto and the blockchain. So, you know, whether people are using, you know, Libra or they're using Bitcoin, the purpose is still kind of the same. We're getting them into crypto and they get more exposed to it and they'll realize, wait a minute, I can't make any money with Libra. I can use it for goods and services, but what's this thing called Bitcoin? What's this thing called Bitcoin Cash? And it just kind of, you know, gives us that much more exposure. So it's it's great. And not only that, it's also great, too, because they're going to have to go fight our battles. They're going to have to get in front of the SEC, yeah. regulation, all that kind of stuff, right? And so the whole space is going to be better for it because they're going to have, you know, kind of a more clear picture of what's allowed and what's not allowed, at least from, you know, a government standpoint. So Yeah, do you worry that people who are just getting into crypto are going to go and get Libra and get a Calibra wallet and not really go any further than that? You know, look any further. At the end of the day, I mean, that's possible, right? But I think the more people start using it, the more that they're going to start looking at other things, right? You know, it's it's just like anything. When you when you hear about uh, a good kind of restaurant or something like that, you know, what's this Greek thing, right? So you try that, and you're like, wow, that was good, but I hear there's another one over here. And then people start sampling and finding out the stuff that they like the best, and that's why there's variety in this world, is because not everybody does just one thing. And so with Calibra, if it's just using uh, Libra coin, well, that's going to limit its use case. Obviously, they get 80 million businesses, you know, that are a part of Facebook. So that's incredible for the underbank and things like that. Now they can basically start, you know, paying for goods and services in crypto. It may not be the crypto that we all endorse, but it gets them into it. So, you know, I'm excited, period, just for, for blockchain and for crypto and having somebody like that kind of push it forward. So. Yeah, no, what about the other side where, you know, we're not used to, I mean, we don't trust Facebook anymore. Clearly, even members of Congress and that, you know, we learned through the Senate hearings um, that they don't really trust Facebook. So how do we trust Facebook now with our financial data? Well, 
if you look, people are still posting pictures, still exposing you know themselves to the world via Facebook every single day, even after you know, even after I guess you want to call it the, the leak, right? So. I imagine there's a, a big portion of people that are still going to do that with their finances. And they've got, you know, like 3 billion people in their network. So yeah, that's enormous. It's huge. So I'm not saying that uh, they won't do a better job than they've done in the past. I'm not saying they will. But just regardless of them coming into the space, is great for the space in general. So Yeah, I'm the excited. only other thing, yeah, I think there's um, an element to be excited about. I think the other side of it is, should a company that's that powerful and centralized be able to create money, create a currency? I guess that's the big debate in Congress right now, right? Because <laughs> yeah. they realize well, that, wait a minute, if, if everybody can buy this Libra stuff, then why do they use that dollar stuff anymore, right? So they've got a lot question. of hurdles in front of them. Yeah, a lot of hurdles. Yeah, and then is it going to be a true global currency? How is regulation going to you know, change or uh, maybe stop them in certain countries? Um, that'll be interesting as well because it's not a government currency, so it'll have different rules in different countries, I guess, right? Exactly. That's, those are the hurdles I'm talking about because you know, you've got almost 200 countries out there. And so they're going to have to get some kind of approval in most of them, right? And every single one of them may want a little something different. So when people say that, you know, Facebook's going to launch this year or the first part of next year, I say you're on crack. There's no way. There's absolutely no way. They might be able to launch in maybe, you know, a country here, a country there possibly. But as far as global, like a global currency that's adopted and accepted by governments everywhere, there's no way that'll ever happen. And, it seems and, and crazy not. when it took Bitcoin 10 years, right? That Facebook could just come in and say, ta-da, we have a currency, everybody use it. Well, Facebook has got a crap ton of power, money, and community, right? So they can actually, you know, squeeze something in quick, but who knows what the government's going to do if they do. Yeah. I heard something about a million dollar a day fine. That's nothing to Facebook, right? So even if they did do that, right. it's write it off as a tax. Am I saying they're going to do that? Probably not. They're probably going to want to work with lawmakers and things like that. But uh, what we get in the end versus what they propose right now will probably be something very, very different. I wanted to ask you about your YouTube channel um, and why you're doing it. Is it mostly for the education? Is it personally rewarding? Is it great promotion? Um, what's your sort of reason behind it? So I started it just for friends and families. My son right there and myself. And uh, you know, it just we just did it kind of help friends and family. And then it just kind of spiraled into something bigger where they asked us to start covering different projects and interviewing the CEOs and founders and builders and stuff like that. And then it got to be kind of fun. And then getting to hang out with the kid all the time, it brings value to the community. People get to, you know, get to see a different side of the projects. So, you know, it's, it's rewarding it and the fact that we had value. Uh, it's awesome that I get to hang out with my kid and do something that, you know, we love to do. I mean, we're already, you know, blockchain nuts, right? So now we get to, you know, you know get, you get to love of, it and live it. Exactly, right? And, you know, it, it also helps too, you know, with Monarch to kind of get the, the word out there so people can, you know, start to learn, you know, what is Monarch, why should I use it, all that kind of stuff. So it kind of helps in, you know, a lot of different areas. And then we give away $100 of Bitcoin Cash on every single one of our videos. And so that's kind of rewarding too when you get to see people all over the world, you know, receive the money, they use the Monarch wallet, now they're able to pay for goods and services because a lot of our, our listeners, you know, they're poor, you know, they're super poor. And, you know, like only because a third... Because you have international viewers and listeners. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're like a third of our audience is in the U.S. and everybody else is, you know, outside of that. So, Amazing. yeah, the U.S. is, for the most part, 
you know, it's, it's, it's you know, it, it's pretty financially, you know, stable, right? For for the most part. I mean, don't get me wrong. Comparatively, like when we compare to Argentina or Venezuela or some India, countries in Africa, and yeah, the Philippines, all these places. You know, when you know the U.S. obviously has has a lot of issues, right? But when you look at some of these other countries, they're a lot poor. You know, so don't get me wrong. We have our homeless and we have our poor here that we need to take care of. And, but, um, you know, it, it's cool to be able to give back and to kind of get them into crypto and allow them to, you know, pay for tuition or goods and services, stuff like that. The, the photos, the videos that we get back of people, you know, getting into crypto for the first time and being able to, like, hey, man, I found this, uh, you know, this store that accepts, you know, Bitcoin Cash. It's like, that's incredible. So now they're able to do something with it. And yeah, so tell me about the $100. So I know there's this giveaway, and how do you decide who wins the giveaway for each video? So every Monday we do a live stream. And so for the videos that we did for that week, People, they just comment on the videos, whatever, in their public Bitcoin Cash address. Then they show up on the live stream on Monday, and we get to just kind of hang out and talk about crypto and stuff like that. And then we just uh, pick a comment, you know, from one of the videos and pick somebody from the chat. So normally um, they have to have the same Bitcoin Cash address in the video that they have in the chat. So they'll just kind of post their, their Bitcoin Cash address right there live in the chat. We'll match it up and make sure they commented on a video. If they did, they won 100 bucks. You can match it up with the wallet, with your mono, through well, the wallet. We actually wallet. use YouTube. So oh, right. when they when they actually comment on the YouTube video, right. so when they're commenting in the live they'll chat, show their we'll address. just pick somebody there, you know, right there in the live chat, take the, the Bitcoin Cash public address, We'll go into the comments there on the on the YouTube side of things right. and make sure that they post it on the video. If they did, they get a hundred bucks. We pay them about ten minutes after um, after the stream. So then Very we give cool. away a bunch of Monarch hats and Monarch shirts and all okay. that kind of stuff, you know. So and you said sometimes time. this goes to people who you know in other countries sure. who at a hundred dollars can go pretty far for them. Long way. Have you heard any stories about how people have used it or you know how it encouraged them to get into crypto? Yeah, all the time. Yeah, so we get the photos and videos back, and you know sometimes they use for tuition you know sometimes wow. you're able to use it for rent sometimes you're able just to you know just to you know, put food on the table because bitcoin so cash cool. is so widely accepted in so many places so you know it's it's working out you know well for them and you know it just kind of gets more people into crypto god's blessed us you know 100 bucks a day or isn't going to hurt me but uh, you know it does it does wonders for, for people out there oh, that really need it um, now tell me about what about those other channels like uh, Steemit or uh, DTube or some of these other, I guess, content creation platforms that allow you to earn money just for putting content out there. What do you think of those and how the internet seems to be changing, how those are more available now? So in theory it's great, mm. but their platforms need so much work because they really don't work well. It's really difficult for anybody to use them to actually like be there for the right reasons, like, hey, I'm gonna put my content out there, and for doing that, I get rewarded. It's too hard. There's there's so many issues with like DTube and Steemit. You know, trying to upload a video just crashes, they don't have the bandwidth. You know, blockchain's clunky anyways, and so they need to really figure out a way to decentralize the video aspect of it and decentralize the user aspect of it. Yeah. And if they can do that, it'll work great. But so far, you know, Steemit just sucks. You know, just to put it yeah, just to put it bluntly. Yeah, it's it a great, I, I agree with you. I think it's a great idea. It's great in theory, but practically it sounds like it we're not there yet. Yeah, it doesn't work. I mean, there's yeah. other stuff out there like Mines. So Mines is, um, you know, it's, it's centralized. It uses a little portion of, of blockchain. It works better, but there's nobody there. Let's face it. I mean, everybody's on Facebook. Everybody's on Twitter, you know, Instagram. You know, kind of the, you know, that, How do you get people to move over? You don't. <laughs> you don't until you have something better than what they're using. That's easy. Yeah. yeah. Do you think Facebook will ever have, because they've got this, you know, new currency that's coming out, will they ever have something like that where you could monetize your content through 
Facebook with the Libra currency, maybe. I don't see why not. I mean, you look at Brave, right? You got the basic attention token. So you got things like that that work, that, that actually works well, and people actually get paid for using it. So things like that work. Uh, Facebook, they could obviously implement something like that. Uh, they definitely have the user base for it. But as far as like dethroning Facebook, I don't see that happening until something is better than Facebook. You know, just like you know, you've, you've seen things like Vine just you know go go the way of the dodo, right? Because something better replaces it. Yeah. You know, they start basically introducing things into Instagram and Facebook that no longer makes Vine relevant. So when there's a platform that comes out that's better than Facebook or better than Instagram, then I think it has a shot. But right now, everything that I've seen in blockchain, uh, social media-wise. It just it, it needs a lot of work, and it, it needs to be better than what's out there for people to make that switch. Otherwise, it's just a small echo chamber of you know some people in blockchain, and um, it's going to be difficult to get the masses into it. Yeah. Where do you see crypto going and blockchain technology? Let's say in five, ten years from now, is everybody going to be using cryptocurrency and no fiat? What do you see? What does the what do the wallets look like? What does the technology look like? It's so much different than what we have now. I mean, nobody really knows. Right, so in my wildest dreams, I can imagine a bunch of things, but will that actually come true? Who knows, one thing that we've always found in history, whatever you think will happen, doesn't. You know, something either better or worse, right? So I imagine some incredible things from incredible minds in blockchain are, are gonna happen, right? I would imagine that you can already see the move towards digital currencies, especially when you have things like the Fed coin, right? Or the Federal Reserve talking about their own currency in 2022. So you already know that that's kind of the direction we're going is with the digital currency. Uh, do I think there'll still be some fiat paper out there? Of course, you know, just like you still have people with checkbooks, right? But people wire, people <laughs> do analogy. Yeah, I mean, it's still going to be out there. But I think what we're going to see is uh, more and more implement implementations of blockchain to where it's really useful. Not just throwing blockchain on the name of something and just, just because. But things like, uh, you know, like you have VeChain, right? I don't own any VeChain, but there's, there's things like that where you can actually track, like, the pharmacy or I guess the pharmaceutical company that's creating the medicine. You know, where did, what, what ingredients did they use? Where did it go? Now that it's at the pharmacy, you know, how much do they have of it? All that kind of stuff is useful, um, especially, you know, if it's immutable, right? So there's obvious things like that. Then there's people talking about, I don't know, we're, we're gonna put people on the moon with blockchain. I don't know, <laughs> maybe, right? But who knows, I think the killer app is just digital currency, just being able to free people to go anywhere in the world, not have to worry about borders, not have to worry about crypto, you know, like just, you know, fiat conversions from one currency to another, uh, being able to control your own funds anywhere in the world. I think that is a killer app. I think it's incredible. What Satoshi yeah, did is... We're already, the internet created a very global society yeah. because most of our lives are digital lives, really. And so now we have this global currency that seems like it can't be stopped. Do you think Bitcoin can be stopped? Yeah, yeah, I, I do. Because there's... Do I think it will? No, but can it be? Yeah, I mean, anything, anything can happen, right? So, for instance, if um, something overtakes Bitcoin, you know, if something becomes worth more, if it has more of a circulating supply or, I don't know, higher market cap or, or something like that, you notice how people always chase uh, whatever's the most expensive. Like if Bitcoin Cash was worth more than Bitcoin, people would, there'd be a lot more people on the Bitcoin Cash train than Bitcoin. You know, people may disagree with that, but I really don't care. It's, it's the truth. People, There's a lot of people who don't like yeah. Bitcoin Cash. It's such a, sure. you know, divisive Yeah, I mean, if, if Ripple topic. dethroned, if XRP dethroned Bitcoin, you'd see, like, all these XRP people Massive that... people coming in. Of be crazy, right? But the thing is, is you have mining. You have proof of work. And so, you, if you attack those pools, and you get control of those pools, and you know who they are, like a government or something like that, 
they don't have to go to thousands of different devices. They just go to the main pools and just, you know, go after 51 to 60% of the network and then they can do whatever they want. You already hear about like CZ talking about rolling the network back. You already have like a very, a very small team of Bitcoin core developers that work on Bitcoin that aren't paid to work on Bitcoin. They have side projects. If they do something to the code that people don't check, everybody says, oh, it's open source, it's open source, anybody can check the code. Yeah, but how many people are experts in C++? How many people are experts in blockchain? How many people are, you know, like, for instance, in November of last year, they were gonna push up, basically they did push up, a huge vulnerability in Bitcoin that could have created double spin. But some anonymous Bitcoin Cash developer caught it in time and said, yo guys, you might wanna fix this. And so they did. So when he asked me, can Bitcoin be stopped? Yeah, the core team can stop it on accident. Governments could actually take over the mining pools. All you have to know is who's in charge of the mining pools. You know, like your, your bitmains of the world, stuff like that. Crazy things like that could happen. Do I think it will? No, but could it? Anything's yeah, it's possible. good for people to know that there are vulnerabilities. Yeah, everybody says, oh, it's Bitcoin, it's completely unstoppable, unstoppable blah, blah, blah. It's like, dude, you really need to look at the code, and you really need to look at the team working on the code, and then you really need to see who's actually doing all the mining. Yeah, absolutely. And Bitcoin being open source, here's a sure. crazy question that I've thought about, which is, could someone create Bitcoin 2.0, put it out there in the world, and sort of start from scratch? It's called a fork. Yeah, they do it Just, all the time. Right. Like 95% of the cryptos out there are a fork of Ethereum or Bitcoin. So yeah, I mean, there's plenty of things out there that work better than Bitcoin now. So many things work better than Bitcoin now. But Bitcoin... In what way? What do you mean work better? Because a lot of people would argue, fees, especially the Bitcoin maximalists, would really argue with you there, sure. right? Yeah, and, and they'd be wrong. I'd say, send me a dollar of Bitcoin. And then it would cost them four or five dollars. I've heard you talk about this. Yeah, yeah, just the expense to transact by sending some amount of Bitcoin. It's very expensive compared to like a layer two solution like Lightning or something like that. Lightning doesn't work. Why do you say that? Because it doesn't. You, you have to be damn near an expert just to figure out how to set up a node, right? So nobody out here is going to want to do that. Nobody out here, they just want to use something that works. It's super fast, cheap, reliable, and they know at the end of the day it, it works, right? So you're a Bitcoin, more Bitcoin cash proponent for Look, use. I love Bitcoin. It's eighty percent of my holdings. It's what got me into crypto. Yeah. But it's a store of value. So stop. People need to stop saying it's peer-to-peer -peer electronic cash. It's not. It's failed as peer-to-peer -peer electronic cash. It is an amazing store of value. It's it's you know the best technology in my view that's ever been created. But people just need to be real with themselves. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, send me a dollar of it. Is it really peer-to-peer -peer cash? How much did it cost you? Well, four or five bucks. How long did it take? Oh, it took an hour. That's going to work really well at Starbucks, right? Or you can get something like, I don't know, XLM, right? Stellar. I can send it to you in just a, you know, milliseconds. Same thing with XRP. Same thing with Bitcoin Cash. Same thing like GoChain. You, you raise a great point. You're talking practically and really, For just money. like day-to-day -day world. I, I want to see crypto it? be adopted by the world, right? right? So Bitcoin, digital gold. That's its use case, right? Awesome. Now, XLM, XRP, Bitcoin Cash, GoChain, you know, even Nano, stuff like that. Them, stuff works, right? Yeah, so simple. Yeah. Anything else you wanted to address? I have a few fun questions. I know you like to do fun questions as well. Yeah, I used to always do my fun questions in the beginning and the end, but then it, it would mess with kind of like uh, you know, the interview a little bit. Sometimes they would just be so on guard the rest of it. You know, they would just be shaking and nervous. I'm like, you know what? We'll build up some rapport, we'll just, yeah. you know, kind of talk a little bit, and then I'll hit them with some fun zingers in the end. So, yeah, I like them. I'm an open um, book, ask me anything. Okay, if you could live and work in any city in the world for a year, where would you choose to go? Well, I mean, I kind of do that now. I'm, I'm decentralized, so if I had to so stay cool. in one spot yeah. for a year, 
One spot Because right now area. you're just outside of San Francisco and you're also in the Bahamas. Yeah, so, so I, cool. Yeah, but then, you know, I'm in conferences. You know, me and the kid were basically gone two, three, you know, two or three weeks out of each month. You know, so being stuck in one spot. Um, <laughs> one spot. Yeah, I'd probably just say San Francisco. Yeah, yeah you love it, eh? Yeah, I mean, because it's... You know, the city obviously has issues, but, you know, there's there's so much great culture there. There's so many great people, lots of innovators and stuff like that in the space. So, yeah, probably probably San Francisco if I had to stay there. Awesome. Uh, number two, if you were given 100 bitcoins, what would you do with them? Digital gold. I would just store them. <laughs> That's easy. <laughs> exactly. Hang on. Where do you think they're going to be in 10 years? Do you think we'll hit that, you know, 100,000, 250,000 per Bitcoin mark? So, you know, I've seen both sides of the argument. The math supports both sides. It could be worth nothing or it could be worth, you know, trillion dollars, right? Because you have, you know, the dollar that's, you know, worth less and less every single day, right? So then you got the scarcity. Right, so obviously I see that it, in my opinion, it's going to be worth far more. But then there's obviously flaws, right? So who knows? But yeah. do I think it's going to be worth more in the future? I do. Do I think you know McAfee's going to, you know, eat his you know his hot dog or something like that because it's not going to make a million? What year did he say he hit a million? And what was the year? Did he? He hit 2020. So um, I don't think that's going to happen myself. But um, I could see you know a, a forty to sixty thousand dollar Bitcoin in the next year or two. You know, I mean, you got the halving coming up, you got Fidelity, yeah. you got backed. You got a lot of people that are going to be putting money in the space. So that's that's great for the market cap. And Bitcoin dominance is close to 70% right now. So it, it, there, I, I, see both, I see both sides of the argument. And uh, I personally, like I said, 80% of my holdings is Bitcoin. So I'm so obviously, I'm bullish. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm bullish. Awesome. <laughs> Uh, number three, who's someone dead or alive that you've looked up to at some point in your life? Dead or alive? Well, so many, but I mean, I start with Jesus, but he's still alive. So, um, so I guess if I wasn't going to go there, um, Sun Tzu, that's a great one. Yeah, Sun Tzu, yeah. I love uh, kind of his, his military mindset on just basically attacking everyday life. Um, how has that influenced you? What sort of principles do you take away and bring um, to your life? Yeah, I guess it's, you know, always having a plan before you do something, you know, not just, uh, you know, winging things, kind of thinking yeah. things through, kind of like a game of chess, you know, seeing, you know, 10, 15 steps ahead before you actually make your first one, so things like that. Yeah, you've got to be organized if you're, you exactly. know, trying to run a company, doing your... Especially when you're building things, right? Absolutely. It's like, we're just going to start building. It's like, well, you just built yourself into a corner. <laughs> that was stupid. Well, and you're a builder by trade as well. Like, didn't you have a construction or yeah, renovation we have a company? construction service company. I went one of the biggest in the state. So, started doing that. Um, you know, obviously with software development, things like that for, like, uh, applications and platforms for, like, the post office, building things for them. Monarch Wallet, building things, you know, for the world. Um, then obviously we've got uh, like a real estate development, so we build like apartment complexes and houses and things like that too. So Very cool. That's how you think, stuff. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. We've uh, oh, invented nice. a ton of things, so we've got, you know, tons of patents out there. And, oh, it's so, awesome. So cool. Stuff. Yeah. That's great. My dad's an architect, so I sort of come from that background. Exactly. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, number four, what's the best or worst advice that someone's ever given you? Um, somebody's ever given me. Um, hmm. the best advice is probably just, you know, if you do what you love and you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. So that's probably the best advice I've ever received. Uh, and that, that's old school. Most people know that stuff. Um, as far as like the worst, the worst advice would be like, you know, 
you, know, you can make a lot of money. You know, do it for the money. Because those things never, ever work. So if you, if you do it for money, you're going to fail. But if you do it because you love to do it, the money will come. I think it's really important to check in with ourselves and try and figure out whether we are doing something for the money or if it's for you know another reason. Yeah. And I, I'm totally with you. I think to love it, it will be more successful if you absolutely love what you're doing. It's hard to fail when you work. have that. It's not work. Yeah. yeah. People dread going to work, but if you if you have an awesome hobby or something like that that you're really good at, and people Make find value work. in it, yeah. Why come? Yeah, love it. Uh, last question. Finish this sentence, if you would. Uh, one day there will be no more blank. What do you hope we can get rid of? What do I hope? They, one day there'll be, no there'll be no more. more. It'd, be, it'd be awesome to say poverty. Uh, that'd, that would be awesome, right? Um, is that possible? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, so I would say poverty be the number one, and then. Um, yeah. It's one of the sustainable development goals, right? Yeah. With the United Nations, it's important and, you know, we live in a very rich society and not everybody does, so. I mean, if you look at the U.S., we're in like 170-something different countries nation building. If we would just spend that money here in the U.S., we, we, would, we would do incredible things here. Yeah, absolutely. Incredible things here. Oh, right? I love it. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. Well, thanks so much. Yeah, Great anytime. chatting with you, Robert. Likewise. It's awesome for the second time. So, <laughs> thanks, Shannon. Thank you. Hey, peeps, just a friendly reminder, Crypto Beetle shows are never financial advice, recommendations, or trading strategies. The views expressed here are solely that of Robert Beatles and his guests. Robert Beatles is the co-founder of the Monarch Wallet, host of Trading View Sessions, Crypto Beatles on YouTube, and owns several entities. Robert's opinions here do not reflect that of those entities. Some information shared here may not actually be factual. These shows are for information and entertainment purposes only. Never invest a single Satoshi or penny in anything without first seeking the counsel and advice of a professional financial advisor. Robert Beatles is not a financial expert or advisor. Investing in anything is super dangerous. You can lose all of your money, so always trade at your own risk. Please help us grow the family. Give us a comment and review on the Apple or Google Play Store. It's super quick and easy. Just scroll down, click the little stars, comment, and just help us grow the family. All right. God bless you. Love you. Till the next one. Talk to you soon.